I saw you very carefully grab a chip or some chips out of the bowl and then place it in your mouth and then not chew for like a Did minute. Did you let it melt? Very yeah. careful. Like you don't want to crunch in the mic. Yeah, because I could hear the 100%. crunches earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He wouldn't got he wouldn't got his headphones, so yeah, I knew. Yeah, I just yeah. gave him He's the side eye, crunch. and then he was like, "Oh shit, I can't crunch, crunch that chip for a while." Yeah, I'm I've been treating it like uh, chewing tobacco and just kind of plugging it in the corner, and letting it <laughs> nice, nice, slowly just dissolve. sucking on the juice. Yeah. yeah. Welcome back to Unstable oh. Discourse. Whoa. Yeah. We're Let's here. Jump right in. I catch you off guard. Yeah. No, we're in. It's fine. It's too late. Let's do it. Run with it. Is it in? No. <laughs> <laughs> we're in. It's mostly in. Yeah. We're There's in. the cold open. The cold open is the cold open. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is episode two of the front nine of That's season right. four. Which That's we right. won't tell you. You'll just have to know by reading yes. the episode title. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, you want to edit that part out? Nope. Nah. I was laughing a lot when I heard on the last episode, <laughs> the the thing in the mailbag where I was like, oh, you're going to have to edit that out. And you're like, yeah, yeah, totally. And, and obviously it was left in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we're back at the cab. It's me, Hot Dog Fingers of Disc Golf Chicago. <laughs> I'm joined by Ryan Fancher of Unstable Disc Golf Gear. Oh, yes, sir. Sean Callahan of Delwood Disc Golf. What's up? Come on. <laughs> Hot. Come on. Hot. Hot. Come on, Jason Callahan, a bag of tricks. Uh, I mean, we'll have to know in the future if that worked or not. But it's not quite the same. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we're ever going to ex- explain this. Maybe we'll just wait for people to have to look at the pictures or videos. No. There'll be posts be on our socials. Yeah. keep an eye. If, if you don't follow out. us on social, by the way, what the hell? Yeah, it's about time. It's about time. Instagram. We made a TikTok yesterday. Oh, we, we did? Instagrams. I, I made a TikTok for us. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Good. Uh, and anyways, we are joined by uh, a returning guest, first guest of the season. You guys know him as the number one circus performer in Illinois, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mr. Dane Avicii. Plead the fifth. <laughs> fifth. Listeners, yeah, fifth? It's, it's Dana's birthday, by the way, in case you don't know. So we are blessed that you chose to spend it today with us did you have to forego any other birthday plans in order to do this we celebrated yesterday with my kids so my children are five and seven they're young we just told them it was my birthday yesterday and we yeah, celebrated what are they? Sure. yesterday yeah what do they know, know. Hmm. i've got really important plans on my real birthday gotta go do a podcast that's right Hell yeah. that's uh-huh. right boom uh hopefully no trust issues evolve out of this if they ever find <laughs> yeah. out one day. <laughs> right yeah maybe 10 years down the line. Right. We're, they're we're, listening yeah. to this. We're, like, we're actually talking. What? Last Dad night. lied to us. I was talking with my wife, Ashley. I was like, our kids are going to look at our social media like 10, 20 years from now and right. see everything we posted, everything we said. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. Oh, boy. Mm. Yeah. Oh, boy. Careful, Dad. By then, 10, 20 years from now, everything that you even deleted on social media will still be accessible. Like, has anybody watched Maniac on... Um, on Netflix. No. The show's amazing. Highly recommended. Best show of all time, Jason. Oh, good to know. Um, but there's Who's a in that? Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. Uh, yes. And I meant to watch people. it. I didn't. Very good, especially yeah. if you're into men- mental health. Anyways, there's a service. in the. It takes place in the future, and there's a service you can go to. It's like 
Kinkos, but for like doxing people. So you can just go in and pay and get everything they've ever said or done online printed and handed to you. You know, people are using it to blackmail other people and like all, and it's like, it's like a Kinkos you can walk into and just get this information. Wow. Jesus. Crazy. Show is a very realistic look, I think, at where some things are headed in the future, <laughs> including a service called AdBuddy, where if you can't pay for something, you can use AdBuddy to cover the expense. Like, And AdBuddy sends a human being to sit next to you and read ads to you the entire time <laughs> you're doing something. So like, that's basically what we're doing now. We're they're, yeah. they're paying us for our attention and data. Wow. Yeah. But like, you can't pay for your bus ticket. Oh, you can use AdBuddy and a human will sit next to you and read ads to you the entire time you're on your bus trip. Wow. Huh. Super cool. Okay. You guys want to talk about disc golf or? No. I like AdBuddy. There's not, there's <laughs> more not much AdBuddy. in the disc golf world to talk about, is there? Not these days. Yeah, no. Kind of a lame things. sauce things, out there. Couple things. On on that note, we do have a lot to talk about. There's there's a lot happening in the disc golf world. So this episode, we're gonna we're gonna kind of go with whatever comes up. But mm. obviously, Dana, you are a sales manager at Discmania, course designer for Disc Golf Park. <laughs> Sorry, um, is that Ryan? I mean, what what's funny about my job title, man? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ryan. I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so you're a course designer at uh, Disc Golf Park. You are Team Delwood for many years now. I uh, You're an Illinois State champion. Yeah, boy. True. And you that are... That happened right after the last time you were on the podcast. That's how long ago it was. Four, right? four years ago? Wasn't it like the month after he was on the podcast and then he won States 2020? Listeners, pretty, let us I'm know. I'm pretty sure I'm right. And Sheila, the deucer, by the way, I forgot to introduce the deucer. I'm sorry. Guys, we're also here with, with Sheila Callahan, the deucer. Mm-hmm. You had a prediction about this year's States, correct? Yeah. Well, he'll win again because he is recording with us again. So mm-hmm. We are your good luck charm. Uh-huh. I like it. I like it. I'm going to think about that. Are you actually day. going to play? Oh, I'm going to play. Okay, good. Well. MPO so. or now MPO. I'm still, that's the only division I'm eligible for. Uh, one year from now, I will be turning 40 and my plan is to be in Las Vegas. Uh, Ooh. Typically the Las Vegas challenge falls in this time frame, and it's uh, usually, there's a Maybe pretty we'll big to, uh, pretty big MP40 field. We're going to have to get a big house in the all I think so. I'll crash your birthday like a mofo. Oh, please, please, please. <laughs> Bring the whole crew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then you'll have to celebrate with your kids like two weeks early. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Daddy, wait. <laughs> Can your birthday just be whenever you want? <laughs> I want my birthday now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're... We celebrate their birthdays like it's like birthday weeks. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Maybe I'll, I'll get into that birthday week mm-hmm. stuff. With Liz, she likes to celebrate birthday month. So, all of July, I will hear multiple times throughout the month, it's birthday month. So, take she, it off, right? She gets a lot of, <laughs> a lot of special requests. Uh, Fanny is, is undressing in the corner right now. Uh, this is why See we need a video yeah. for the I'm going to cut it all out. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> I don't believe you will. On that subject, we were just talking about how you. Leave in 99% of the things you say you're going to cut out. That is true. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. What are you motioning? <laughs> cut it yeah, out. Yeah, from Full House. Cut, cut it out. Oh, cut it I, out. I wanted you to do that, but. Anyways, so we're going we're gonna to cover a lot of different things on this episode. Do scissors with those two fingers. <laughs> cut it out. I love you, 
Before we get to the nuts and bolts, which, by the way, I'm a huge fan of nuts and bolts. Good work. Love nuts and bolts. Love yep. that. Yep. Uh, but before we do that, let's get into Fired Up. Fired Up. That's nice. On the spot. That was on the spot. That's yeah, good. 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 Uh, it had to be different. I couldn't do the... Right. Uh, I do that too often. Go down. There's, I, I, I've got a couple of things this week. I didn't have anything last week, but I feel like I heard somebody else say they're really fired up. You said you're fired up about something, Sean. I did. I do have Take a topic to talk about. Yes, sir. Sheila and I have both been watching the show Full Swing on Netflix. This is a documentary is about a, swingers. about both. It is oh. about both. A little both topic. But very cool. It covers the like 2020, 2022 season of the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, also talks about the arrival of the new Live Golf Tour, which is like the rivaling tour to the PGA. Whoa. Um, really uh, gave us, as we were watching, a lot of perspective on where we are at in disc golf because of how astronomically huge yeah. that sport is. Yeah, and we ain't shit. We are like a speck of dust on a speck of dust in comparison. And I mean that in the greatest way, but it is just like golf is so huge and we are so far away from it, but it always gives us something to strive for. Right. And it's impossible to talk about the future of disc golf without looking at where golf is. I mean, golf has been known as what do they call They call it the greatest game, right? And it's, it's been known as that since the 1800s, I would think. And disc golf has been here for like 19 minutes. There were uh, oddly also a lot of similarities that were really cool, like uh, just the different interviews and hearing the guys talking about their game and, you know, traveling. Even when these guys are taking like third place and winning $400,000, they're still talking about how just a few years ago they were living in a car. And I'm like, you know, you think of dudes like Luke Sampson, who we just watched, you know, Ezra, shout out to Mm -hmm. to Luke. He just had a really cool on tour episode on DGN that was phenomenal. Look, watch that if you haven't already. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was only like 13 minutes long, but hopefully they dived back into uh, Luke's story. Yeah, just uh, a lot of similarities, but a lot of differences. Really, well, really cool show. For sure. I, I, I was going to make a joke about golfers li- like hustling out of their cars or out of vans because I figured that doesn't happen. But to hear something like that does still exist yeah. in golf, that's awesome. Totally. Very so. surprised. Uh, can you comment on some specifics on like where golf is at and where disc golf is at? things that you've gathered from the show? Something that came to mind is uh, the Waste Management Open. Is it the, and anybody who can help me out, I know I just watched it, but I think it's the 16th hole, was it she? The 16th green where everybody's there and that's where all the stands are and like everybody is like hyper judging what these guys are doing and if they're missing putts or like shanking Mm -hmm. drives, they're throwing beer cans at this and it's just like crazy, right? In golf? In golf, Mm -hmm. right? Wow. Yeah. And it made me think about what is it the the eight holes at Maple Hill? Is it hole eight where like they have the dude that's like the king? Dana, help me out. Is it the eight holes? Maple Hill? At Maple Hill, yeah. Yeah. It made me think about that and how when people were watching the live coverage from the last couple of years, it was like kind of frowned upon. I really wish that it wasn't having now watched full swing because this is happening at this super high level and sure. it's like People are into it. The golfers are into it. They like the vibe. And I'm like, you know, maybe this is something that we need to like elevate in disc yeah. golf, not frown upon. It was a joke when, Ooh. what, 20 years ago, they, they were doing that on Happy Gilmore. But now right. it's like a, it's a thing and it's, it's enjoyed yeah. and it's encouraged in a yeah. lot of venues. Yeah. yeah I, I, with the maple uh, eight holes and, and that vibe, one of the things I love about it is also that it's, we don't see that every weekend. 
It's specific right. to Maple Hill. It's mm-hmm. not right. like every tournament is like that. And, right. and that's the same with the like the tour. Like you have different courses, you have different styles, you have all these different things. And hearing people complain about it, like I kind of, I kind of shake my head because yeah. well, you know what to expect. It's coming. You know it's going to be there. Exactly. You're yeah. you're out there putting on, you know, along the water on hole five. You know, right across are the eight holes, and there, if someone jams a putt from the the drop zone, they are going to go wild. Yeah. Like you have to know that, and that's part of the game. That's part of playing Maple Hill, and and that's mm. exciting. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, I I've played not unfortunately, but I've played Maple Hill a number of times, but uh, I wasn't there uh, when the eight holes were there. Uh, yeah. And and it's a goal of mine to get back in that event right. and, and to play it and yeah. maybe experience it. It reminds me of what you have said about how you guys run clash and it's you don't necessarily want too many restrictions on how you guys do mm-hmm. things because right. every event should have its own distinct personality and every mm-hmm. you know the players should i agree should know what to expect the spectators should get excited about going to this event because they want to be part of x y or z yeah. almost immediately after the first episode i looked over at sheila Alex, you are. Sorry. I'm really trying not to. I'm not trying to be funny. Well, you are. You know, we're watching the first episode and I look over at Sheila and I was like, immediate FOMO. I was like, huzzah! Man, like now I'm super hyped and seeing like these massive events happening that uh, this is the year where we said we're going to hang back with Clash and make it a little bit smaller and focus Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. the macro. You know, this was just very inspiring. So it was like, definitely fear of missing out. On, on mm. being able to do that the way that we do it. So, yeah. you know, but I, that's also the thing that I love about what we do is that it evolves and changes totally. back and forth. You know, next year we could be like, hey, we'll get Orland BMW to right, sponsor yeah, exactly. and like any ace wins a car. Right. Yeah, exactly. They'll be on so, board, I'm sure. You know, yeah. I mean, already those seeds are starting to be planted in my head, which are immediately planted in Ryan and Sheila's heads as mm-hmm. well. And so it was it's a very, very inspiring, very cool. I really like the way that they portray it. And, uh, you know, it very much reminded me of On Tour and what DGN is doing with those episodes, too. So it's we're getting there. I, I want to move along, but I also want to touch on how you've talked about multiple times that the sport is still like the culture and the history of the sport is still it's just being formed every day. And every little thing that you do, whether you're an organizer or literally just a player, like you are part of the evolution of the sport and like the identity of the sport as it's still in its infancy right so like the players that come out to leagues the players who are making tiktok content like everybody that's doing something in the sport yep. is helping to forge the identity of of like where we're mm-hmm. going and it's totally. so cool i think that's really what is you know even as somebody that's not really followed golf as much but a lot of golf finds its way into my feed and mm-hmm. I enjoy yeah. a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is done on an amateur basis through TikTok and reels and things like that. I think skyrocketed just as, uh, you know, in the last three years that just as disc golf has. So it's great. Sick. Dane Avicii. <laughs> you got to have something you're fired up about. It's your birthday. Oh, man. You got something. You know, I think I'm fired up. You sound like it. <laughs> I I am really fired up. <laughs> Calm down, dude. Yeah. Can you hear it in my voice? <laughs> Can you hear it, Sheila? Amen. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. No, I honestly, it's my birthday. Uh, hey, I'm trying to, I'm trying to live, a, live a good, clean life here. My, my 2020. What year are we in? You asked me that question this morning when I'm working, or maybe, maybe the day before. I'm fired up, but right now. I'm chilling. It's it's my birthday. I've got a beer. 
hanging oh. out with my friends, hearing great stories. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at hot dog fingers over here. <laughs> Petting puppies. Life's good. It's I'm, a good day. All right, I'll go real quick. I'm fired up about the Bourbon Street Putting League. Hot hand pot is at almost a thousand dollars right now. That putting league we've been running at, uh, at Bourbon Street has been really cool. Mm-hmm. On average, forty to fifty people coming out every week, and right now on a Wednesday, that's great. On a Wednesday night, nobody has hit it all season. We got two weeks left, and I we got very close to somebody hitting it last night. I really hope it happens next week or the week after. It's it, it's very intense. It's just it's adding a lot of intensity. If you haven't gone, if you haven't come out yet, come check it out. But also, I'm going to shout out the Joliet Prison Putting League for laying the groundwork for this whole thing. I never even made it to the Prison Putting League, but I saw the videos and the photos, and I was like, it was come on. Jam. I miss it. Dude, it was great. I never wanted to go to a putting league ever until I saw those pictures and videos. So I've been having a blast with what we're doing. I want to shout out all the players who've been coming out and shout out to you guys for laying the groundwork. And that's it. Like I'm just so, fired up about that league. What's yeah. the deal with the hot hand not being hit? Is it just really difficult holes or just situational? It's not really difficult. In fact, we keep making it easier. The thing is that when you go to Hellwood or I assume the prison putting league, you have two chances to hit it. You guys can, you can hit it all six shots in the first round or all six shots in the second round with ours. We don't have as many holes or necessarily as much space. So you have one chance to hit it. You have to hit, we are initially we're doing six holes for the night, but now it's, we took it down to five to make it easier. And so you, there's usually three holes in the first round, two holes in the second round. Nobody has made it. Like at best, we've had two or three people going into the second round. The holes are not that hard. Yeah, it's just the pressure. Like once the, the money gets that high, everybody is psyching themselves up, like trying to win that money. Yeah, Dana doesn't Matt Rooney come to this league? He does, and Rooney's been killing it. But I also have was footage. he there last night? He was, and I got footage of Rooney missing all three putts on a, on a particular hole, and I'm really happy to have that footage. It's rare footage. Nice. But yeah, he's killing. I think he's leading the league for men's Well, he uppers. doesn't have his, what I would imagine are his go-to putters because he left them because at Hellwood Because he left them at Hellwood. Friday. Right. But that league, super fun. Been loving doing that. Um, and that's that's my quick little fired up. Dope. I think it's about time we move along. This was a long, longer fired up than it was supposed to be. That is a wrap. I'm fired up, and that means it's time for the Callahan a rundown. Sean Callahan, take us away. You got it. So, uh, going into season four, we decided that because a lot of the time overlaps, that we would just do Callahan a rundown every other week, and that's okay because a lot of the stuff is just repeats, and you guys know what's happening: dog bowl, fraction, blah blah blah. So, what we're gonna do is we're gonna skip over it every other episode, and uh, we are gonna get a little bit from the doctor via 97.7 The Buzz. Take it away, Doc. Buzz, 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 buzz. You're listening to The Doc here on 97.7 The Buzz, WBZZ Lockport. The second stop of the Greater Joliet Tour season is upon us. Fraction Run Cup 5, April 1st and 2nd at the Canyons in Lockport. It goes live on March 4th at 7 p.m. on DiscGolfScene.com. Stay out of the creek. Get your points for the Greater Joliet Tour season. (coughs) Tasty. Tasty. There are still spots available for the third annual Dog Bowl, March 11th and 12th at Old Oak Country Club. Get signed up today and help feed some homeless animals. You're listening to... 97.7 FM. 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 97.7 
And Alex is touching the microphone. But at least he wasn't touching it with hot dog fingers. That is true. So I got that going the us. hot dog fingers. And listeners, to, just to clear up any confusion, this is Alex Seminary of Disc Golf Chicago. I introduced myself as hot dog fingers earlier. Yes. Nobody was sure until just now. Who I yeah. think that since we are getting into the nuts and bolts that Dana should put on the hot dog hands. That is that feels very birthday celebration. Like it's your birthday, yeah. you're you're twenty five years old today mm-hmm. and accomplished so much in your early twenties. Get in there deep. They're they're not easy to put on. This is gonna take a minute. Do it up close to the I want to hear the squeaking as the, the... <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, and and if you have any questions, get all the way up in there. If you there have questions about what hot dog fingers are, go watch. <laughs> They're the exactly movie. what you would think. Uh-huh. Go watch the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once, and then get back to us. Send us a DM. Let us know what you think. Yes. <laughs> Dana's still struggling to get like these put on a raincoat. On. But as <laughs> Sheila, <laughs> how do you guys? How do you put these on? It you takes practiced. Time. It takes time. You practice. Also, Alex and I, when we had him on, we had the left one on the left hand and the right one on the right hand. Did we? So, yeah. And then he's got the left one on his right hand and the right one on his left yeah. hand. I was so that's probably on. part of the struggle as well, unfortunately. Yeah. That's all right. But you look good with them. It's the first time for everything. They match your beard. Unbelievable. They match your beard. I didn't know they were on. <laughs> you had them on your right hand. Oh, okay. So did I. He's got them on the wrong hand. No, oh, they, they are not. Oh, he's throwing in the towel. <laughs> They're already off. This that thing quickly. On. Put them on the right. There you go. Veins up. Veins up. There it is. While you sort that out. <laughs> uh, as we as we described earlier, the nuts and bolts is going to be. Uh, we're going to cover a lot of different stuff. I mean, you you are as I, I mentioned in our Facebook post, like I think one of the most influential voices in disc golf, probably period, but absolutely in Illinois. So we want your opinion on a lot of different things. Um, I thought maybe a cool place to kind of jump off is as a you know a sales manager at Disc Mania. There is a new mold coming out, right? It's the uh, is is mold the right word? Even we're, we want to talk about the S line. Uh, that that would be a new plastic. So yeah, uh, Discmania. We we've taken our production of our originals line in house, uh, roughly eighteen to twenty something months ago, uh, and that's produced in Sweden in our own uh, manufacturing facility. And this is our first. This week was our first S line drop which s line has been a, a fan favorite uh jason's trying to eat chips off quietly yeah quietly in dana's ear yeah and dana's mic oh. yeah that was in that was a good lean <laughs> uh, but yeah so the s line uh we brought it back with uh three of our a-list molds the pd the fd and then the dd3 so yeah big big week for us at disc mania and and what would you say is the difference now in the new s line plastic versus what had been previously molded yeah it's it's gonna feel a, a little bit different the molds are are similar as well <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of when michael scott michael scott calls okay. david oh, is it david wallace and he's like choking on the phone the whole time yeah is this why you called me, yeah. Michael? <laughs> so yeah, the the S line uh, compared to the old, slightly different feel. The molds are are slightly different. There are versions of it, but ultimately, uh, what you're going to see is these S line molds of the FD, the PD, and DD3 are are going to be straighter flying than our C line 
versions, which we've already brought to market. So we're working on bringing the originals line back to market and doing that mold by mold and plastic by plastic. And and now we just had this week uh, the, the triple release of the S line. Yesterday. Yeah, just yesterday uh, the FD. PD and DD3. And I think for Discmania fans, they're they're going to like the flight of these a little bit better. The C-Line versions are overstable. They're a little mean. They're they're mm-hmm. pretty. They look good. They fly they fly good, but you you got to have you got to have a little pop. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little pop in that throw. But sure. uh with these with these S-Line, they fly a little bit truer, a little bit easier. So, especially with the FD, which has been our, one of our flagship uh discs uh since the beginning. This S-Line FD is a uh, Heiser Flip Dream. Ooh. Yeah. That has been the uh, consensus at the shop mm-hmm. so far because they a uh, really cool thing that Dismania did with dealers is they sent out some testers, uh, which was kind of a new thing, which was great. And we were utilizing the shit out of that. Mm-hmm. I was giving those to anybody that was coming into the shop that was interested. And yeah, so far, uh, all three molds across the board, people are like, yeah, these are a little bit truer to the flight numbers than, you know, like the, cool. the C-Line counterparts that were... I hear, like Dan yeah. said, a little. The C line FD was like the old Lazat FD, and it was yeah. it was beefy. <clears throat> yeah, um, I'm looking forward to throwing the S line because yeah. the FD is my favorite mold. I don't know if you knew that. I've said it on the podcast many times. <laughs> my man. Yeah. yeah. So, and I, I also like to elaborate too that the the plastic itself is a little bit stiffer. And usually you will see out of a, a hmm. plastic like that that it'll be more overstable, and mm-hmm. I don't think that that's necessarily the case. So that's hmm. that's a good thing because people do like a stiffer blend usually. You know, while yes, we play all year long and here in Illinois, especially in, and it's cold, cold right now, and mm-hmm. the plastic is stiffer. But like in the summer, oh, this gonna is going to be you know in the main disc golf season. Well, yeah, it's a touch stiff right now. Not not in a bad way. Like that's what she said. In the summer, I think it's going to be perfect. It's not hundred degree days. You know, when when the when the clash is going on, this mm-hmm. S line is gonna it's gonna feel good. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for sure. Is for- there any talk about G line stuff, or is that a pipe dream of mine? Keep hitting that pipe. It's I don't I don't <laughs> I don't anticipate. Whoa, um, is that what pipe dream means? Is that the definition of pipe dream? That is that is. I know it is now. That. It is now, yeah. Wow. Are you being sarcastic? No. I never knew why it was called a pipe dream. What yeah. does that mean? It meant like you were, you know, on hitting the pipe, like, hitting the hash pipe or yeah. hitting like an opium pipe. That is insane. Can Continue. you talk a little bit more about uh, what? what it actually oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> You said no. I'm not going to say it's out of the question, oh, okay. uh, but for now our goal is to bring the original's line back mold by mold and then with the the C and S line and then maybe a few of the specialties, but the G line, unfortunately for you, mm. is it's probably lower on the it might not happen for a little bit. It's fine. Maybe we can fine. maybe we can like request like I'll be a, okay. I'll, a soft S line. That would be cool. I'd love to sure. see that. Yeah. Love to see that. That would take its place. Can you talk a little bit more about uh, what it actually means when you said that you're bringing the production in house for somebody who is not super into the scene yet? Or, or not necessarily the scene, but like the business side of it, like manufacturing. What yeah. does that even mean that you're bringing the production in house? In June of 2020, Discmania, we opened up our in-house manufacturing in Sweden. And prior to that, our manufacturing had been through Innova, which produced our originals line, 
which is our flagship line. And then we introduced the Evolution line, produced in partnership with Latitude 64. And then the Active line, produced with Yikun in China. So we essentially have three manufacturing partners. So key there is no single sourcing. You know, what we saw during the pandemic with sure. a, a shortage of production time and discs and everything, one of the things that we learned, and I think many, many industries and, and many businesses, single mm-hmm. sourcing, not a, not a great thing. So right now, uh, Discmania produces discs uh, in Sweden. We, we do produce the originals and evolution in-house. And then uh, we still work with Yikun in producing the active line which is our entry level line uh, lower price point I feel which like has also been getting like better and better because some of the stuff that was coming out in the mystery boxes this past off season was like right there because mm-hmm. it was a little stiff to begin with that's what she said and a little too stiff for what I think those molds needed to be but some of the uh, what was the tailor that came out the mid that felt really good so I'm excited to see where that goes that's gonna be cool yeah, the Taylor, and then like I, I'm not a huge fan of the name, but the Rockstar. We we yeah. did a glow Rockstar yep. in the mystery box, and feels really good. Yeah, it, does. it feels it a lot like I, you pick it up and you're like, I could I could throw this disc. It feels feels good. It's flat. I mean, it is a Rockstar. I mean, I don't know. Be, honestly, do you keep forgetting that you have the hot dog fingers on? Because I keep seeing I, don't you, think I he keep is seeing you gesturing with his brain hand. is dedicated to the fact that he's got hot dog yeah. fingers. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> It's but only great. exactly 50%. You're like making great points and saying really interesting things. But in the background, I see your little hot dog fingers waving around. <laughs> oh, it's great. Oh, jeez. Oh, That's cool, though. I feel like uh, I, I, I don't know, the last couple of years was one of those disc golfers that just really had no idea what was going on business-wise, uh, the production side of things. Like, are there other companies that are that are pro- having their discs? Pro- like, are there other manufacturers that are producing for multiple brands? For somebody who doesn't know, including me, yeah, that's good. Good question. Um, I'd say that Discmania is the singular, like larger leading manufacturer that has multiple manufacturing facilities. Where we see other companies that produce just one line of discs, like Innova uh, makes discs for Millennium, and Millennium only gets discs from Innova. Infinite only gets this made by Innova. And then you have MVP that that is producing this for Thought Space. And then MVP also producing for uh, Mint out of Texas. So those brands are probably comparable to Dismania 10, 10 plus years ago where, hey, we, we're only working with Innova to make, we only have one line of discs. But uh, even prior to the pandemic, that we came out with the evolution and active line, and ultimately that kind of saved saved the company and mm-hmm. you know saved my job. If we we didn't have the manufacturing coming from these other sources, because Innova was their manufacturing is in California, it was shut down during the pandemic, and then they're also working on producing their discs. So that kind of they've got their focus and their you know Innova their brand is the most important for us having that multiple uh, sources of discs is is super important and ultimately i i think was something that helped save the company i have to think so right like you, it's dangerous to have all your eggs in one basket because is the, is the pandemic going to be the last well and the timing was just so have? perfect no. with that active line and all the new players coming out you know with the pandemic and getting outside and mm-hmm. um i know sean pushed the hell out of them but everybody was so interested because of the price point. It was just a, uh, yeah, it, it was perfect timing. One of the things we're dealing with right now at Discmania, in in my opinion, is we had so many players come in during the pandemic. Uh, you know, the, the sport will say it grew 100 per, 100% plus uh, multiple years in a row 
during the during that time, for the most part, you could not get any originals uh, Discmania discs, and the originals line is our our most popular and and flagship line. So right now, now that we're come, we're going to be coming up on two years this summer of producing our own discs in house. A lot of those new players, when they came in, they couldn't get an FD. They couldn't get an MD3. They couldn't get a P2, which the P2 was the most popular putter in disc golf. And now, mm-hmm. of course, there's all kinds of different versions and knockoffs, if you will. Uh, great versions, but mm-hmm. other other versions of it. So one of the things I, I think we need to do is uh, educate the disc golf world and especially those new players that came in and they weren't able to get a P2. They weren't able to get these great discs that we make. And now they're, they're coming back to market like the S-Line FD that just talked about. And it's like this S-Line FD, is, it's not me drinking the Kool-Aid. It's its a really good disc. I can't wait to get my hands on one. So uh, as as uh, the in-house stuff has ramped up, from what I understand, now you guys are also making all of the Evolution line discs in-house? Or is any of that being done by Latitude 64 anymore? Or uh, what does that situation look like? Yeah, we, we have transitioned over to producing the Evolution line in-house. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we don't have the three sources for, you know, a different source for each line. We've got the two with the the active line and then being in China with Yikun and then the Evolution and Originals made in Sweden. I'll toot yours and Discmania's horn for just a moment. What did he just say? Calm down, Jason. Um <laughs> Over the last... Leave the room? Or... <laughs> over the last year... Or more, every event that Disc Golf Chicago has hosted where we, where we needed a player's pack disc and we needed, you know, a lot of discs, uh, a lot of discs at the same time for, for events, it's all been through you and Discmania. You guys have been able to turn things around pretty quickly um, at a time where it was hard to get your hands on enough discs for a whole tournament. I'm guessing Sean and Ryan, you guys have had some oh, of that God. as well. I mean, ever. I mean, I'm in the second year of being a Discmania ambassador, and I mean, it's incredible what we've been able to do with them as far as player packs. Uh, text on the regular with the guy that works for Discmania that stamps the discs, like, mm-hmm. and it's nothing I'm proud of, but sometimes the season just gets yeah. going, and I'm like, oh shit, we need to order stuff for Workforce Brewing or what have you, and uh, th- I mean, they've just got me. They've got me, and they take care of me every single time. It's incredible. Yeah, I don't want to encourage any other event organizers to wait to the yeah, last. Yeah, de- definitely don't do what I'm doing. But, but in the case when it does ha- has happened, I mean, it's it's been awesome. It's yeah, it's it's yeah. incredible customer service. Yeah. It's incredible to have that that relationship where you know, like, if nowhere else we can turn, we know. Dana and Discmania is going to come through with whatever they can do for us, and it's going to be awesome. So, yeah, all of our events for the last year have been Discmania Players Packs, and you guys have just made it very easy to work with. Players are loving the discs. The stamps always come mm-hmm. out look, looking really great. So, you know, if you're an event organizer and you're looking to do Players Pack discs for your, you know, for your events, you really should be looking at Discmania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and... You know, you you guys are my homies, so definitely making sure you're getting taken care of. But honestly, like you touched on the customer service, like we pride ourselves on like customer service at Dismania and uh, helping tournament directors, uh, league directors, and and making things happen. And you know, while we love to have ample time, uh, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we we can turn things around quickly. Uh, definitely don't don't want that to be the norm. Uh, shout out Stamp God. Uh, Adam, yeah. our our stamper, Adam, he, yep. he's he's really good. Is 
is able to take care of things on a drop of a dime. So, uh, And one of my favorite things about who he's referencing, Stamp God, Adam Gottschalk, he doesn't play. To my knowledge, he's not really that involved in playing disc golf, which is, I love that because he's a it just kind of goes to show that you can be, you know, we touched on it earlier, that like you're, you're still a cog in the machine. You don't yeah. have to be out there and like worrying about whether or not you're throwing mm-hmm. over 300 feet to be part of what's moving this whole ship forward. So it's, it's yeah. really cool to have conversations with him. Very great. cool. Yeah. What about the new S line stuff for players packs and custom stamps? When is that going to be available? That's a good question. So Right now, we just have stock stamped S line. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hopeful we'll we'll see some blanks in the near future. But if you're a tournament director, <clears throat> Sean, um, we've got some really cool uh, tournament fundraiser type discs or player pack discs that we're only making available to you guys. So uh, please, like the DD3 stamped with a picture of DD from Dexter's Laboratory on it. That is exactly where I was going. <laughs> words. Okay, right. I didn't mean to step, <laughs> no. step on your words there, but no, right, <laughs> right out of my mouth. Okay. Yeah. That's what I would love um, to see personally. Hey! What you doing? Uh, shut up, a woman. Get. But uh, we, you know, we Adam, yeah, Adam, uh, aka Stamp God, Connor, my my guy. He does customer service. He works with the events. We'll, we will take care of you. You know, we can't turn things around on a day or two, but. Please, please reach out to us, and we we love working with tournament directors and and uh, league directors and all that. I think it's an important topic to touch on because, as we talked about in the last episode, a there are more and more event organizers popping up, and and we think that's going to accelerate with the new changes in the PDGA rules where tournament directors can pay themselves a little something. So, yeah, if you're one of those people who are looking to put on events, you should know this resource exists. Mm-hmm. Definitely look into it. Right. I think one of the big topics that we have to get to with Disc Mania is the Simon situation. Right. So I'm sorry, who? Uh you know, you have Alvin, mm, this, yeah. Simon, oh. Theodore. Theodore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right, so, right, right. Yeah. Um Mr. Lazat, if you will. Yeah. Well, as everybody knows, Simon Lazat did leave Disc Mania over this past off season and and went to MVP. And we watched every part of it. Of course, nobody really knows the behind the scenes stuff. And a lot of it is speculation. But his entire career, as long as we have known him, he has been associated with that company. And uh, when you think Simon, you think Dismania, it turned the game upside down in the same way that it, that it did when Paul left Innova and went to Discraft. I think we'd all love to know not all the details, but like, how did that look from from your side? I'm sure it didn't just happen overnight. Like it was, it was a uh, some talk. So, what did that look like? Yeah, that. Gosh, he's gonna cry. <sighs> let me. He's crying. Yeah, let me gather myself. Um, <laughs> no, but I I think actually Simon posted today or yesterday. Like it was ten years ago that he first started throwing Dismania. So mm. this was he was with us for nine or nine or ten years, mm. roughly. Heard about it internally that you know there was an offer out there and that it was a possibility. And uh, naturally, we did everything that we could to to kind of keep Simon on our side. Because I mean, let's face it, Simon is he he moves the needle. Paul Macbeth moves the needle. Simon. Simon is, yeah. <laughs> he's just, he's so special. He's an incredible player, incredible ambassador, his YouTube stuff. Like, you don't have to be a huge fan of disc golf to really enjoy Simon's content. And totally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was a tough one. And I, I know it was, uh, 
you know, I wasn't personally involved in any discussions with Simon um, or any, you know, negotiating back and forth. I was privy to the conversations internally, but like I wasn't on there with, with Simon, you know, on my hands and knees saying, please stay, Simon. Please. Maybe if you had those Hot fingers top. on, mm-hmm. it would have. Damn. Yeah. It could have. Like six it could have been a difference maker. Right. Yeah. You could have called him <laughs> Simon Glizzot. Oh. oh my God. He's coming around, He's folks. leaning into it now. Insert the noise of a gun shooting yeah. and my brain's splattering yeah. on the wall behind <laughs> me. What I what I have to definitely Whoa. say on the topic though is that Simon is so good at what he does that he really made that transition not political and it didn't sting and it was cool no matter it didn't feel like there were sides. You know, there's always like ramblings and yeah, BS yeah. on socials and Reddit and things like that. Right. But he just handled it in such a professional way that I think, you know, if you are a fan of Discmania and you're continuing to be a fan of Discmania or wherever you're at with mm. it, you saw that it was an amazing thing for disc golf, which means great things for Discmania, Simon, MVP, the whole the whole deal. So I, I just, he did it like such a professional mm. and it was, it was cool to watch you know yeah. it, it, it did it hurt to see him go yeah but it, i think everybody's got to yeah. say that it's kind of an awesome thing for the yeah. sport it's- i think the transition was so real to everyone because he made it like personal instead of yeah. flopping from one to the next and then just saying oh these new mvp discs are the best and here's what i'm gonna do he took time and he mourned he really vocally did. really did. and yeah when he started on that MVP disc journey, he admittedly had no idea what he was doing and took yeah. us along for the ride, knowing that we all know that he really didn't know. Yeah. And he made it, you know, he made us part of that. And so he was more of a real person than just an ambassador for one side or the other. And right. I think that was the only way that he could have done it in a way that made it, you know, special for everybody. Right. Yeah. He did it Simon's way. And like the only way Simon could do it and, just he's so genuine and obviously it hurts losing him but i'm watching his youtube videos still yeah. i'm yeah. i'm watching We're him learn all... the, learn the discs sure. and and you know go through the trials and tribulations with with him and oh man what's what's he going to bag what's working you know and then the season is coming up like he had a great round at vegas today mm-hmm. i think he's fourth fifth somewhere in the top 10 had a really solid mm-hmm. showing so yeah, I mean that's one of the stories that are is going to be great to watch. Obviously, last year incredible run, like really came out and won, won a ton of events, uh, mm-hmm. elite level events, something that he's never done. And for him now to switch over, and then us to watch and like be privy to like everything in in the way that only Simon can can share. Like it's it's been great, and it's it's a it's a fun story to watch, even if it even if it hurts, and and even if I know that hey, we at Dismania lost, you know, the n- number one or number two influencer in disc golf. Yeah, I love that you guys are touching on his like sincerity and how he, like he's a real human mm-hmm. because I, I of course he can he can throw. He's extremely competitive, but. <laughs> I'm sorry. Every time I see those hot dog pictures. (laughs) He's taking a drink, folks. But uh, it's not. I don't think that's what Simon's built his brand on. He's built his brand on being genuine, sincere, down to earth, real. Approachable. Yeah. Yeah. That's stuff that makes everybody want to 
to root for him. Like Dana said, he really truly is one of the the people to define what it means to be an influencer within within our sport. Mm-hmm. When you compare him to a Paul McBeth, you know, Paul is definitely like Dana said moves the needle, but for a different reason almost. In a different way. I yeah. I would performance not call wise, yeah. yeah, performance wise. He's yeah. not somebody that is kind of letting you in behind the scenes as he's dealing with things that he's dealing with. So watching watching it go down with Simon, it was it was really cool. It was really cool to oh, whatever, watch part of whatever it. Simon says you do. That is so. the game. That is the game. Hey oh. Nobody said that before, by the yeah. way, Jay. First time? First yeah, first time, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's the yeah. first time I've heard it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you gonna you gonna cut me again and ask another question? Deep hurt, hurt, you know. I mean, losing I, Simon. I, can, and like, I, can, what is- I actually, I have another topic that I'd love to bring up since we have you, uh, and it, and it might be a deep cut. Can I go there? Yeah, but before you do, I just a very very quick comment. Hit literally, it. hit it. Uh, bringing up cutting things is on brand for me. I don't know if you listened to the episode we had Paul on. I without realizing it started talking about how awesome it was the, the the James Conrad shot in front of a live audience with Paul there not even realizing what this meant to Paul just talking about what it meant for the sport I don't know if you ever listened to it but at one point Paul was like can we cut his mic yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and then it dawned on me like in front of an audience whoa this right. is so different for him than it is for us like, 252 whoops. feet changed whether or not Paul was going to be a seven time champ yeah whoops. Un- unbelievable like again just- every time I still see it on DJ and they play it often i'm just like damn that altered the timeline completely yeah like dr strange style shit i'll remember the timeline moving forward i'll remember forever where i was and what i was doing when i watched that that's weird that's so cool and then we ran a silver series less than seven days later that's correct there was with a lot of those same people a lot of those same people Yeah. yeah Uh, but I'm going to I'm going to go back gone. a little bit. I'm going to go back. James Conrad was signed up for that. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. He and then end he up took up. a vacation. Why he wouldn't he? Deserved it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go back a little <laughs> bit because I feel like for me, this is something that's gone slightly unanswered. And I would just love to know your perspective. We're going to go back to when Discmania parted ways with Innova. What did that look like from your perspective? Or what did you hear behind the scenes? Like, because there's always so much BS on the internet and being somebody that works within the industry, I just, I I couldn't imagine that it was an ugly thing. And I'd almost like to hear that it's not because I want to believe that it wasn't because it was two professional companies that were going, you know what, we're going to go in separate directions to kind of like shut up the haters on all of that. And I know we're late to this, but you and I have never really discussed it. I'd love to know what what that looked like was, you know, was it like UC and Dunapace just going at it on the phone, screaming at each other? Or like, what did it really look like? Yeah. I mean, similar to this, the Simon stuff, like I wasn't in on those conversations, but obviously privy to, to the information. It was professional. Yeah. Like we, we had a, a, a great, great run with them. Dismania was a fast grow. We are a fast growing brand and, mm-hmm. you know, Innova wasn't able to keep up with that. We were in just an outlier of a situation in a pandemic where production was at a premium uh, and Innova was, you know, the sport was growing. Mm-hmm. So it, we, we grew too fast and uh, it, w- it just wasn't able to continue. So mm-hmm. um, like for me, I, I go to, I don't know how many trade shows a year, but at most of them, I, I see the Innova crew. And 
you better believe after the after the day is over, we're going out, we're we're having a beer, right? We're hanging out. We might catch a round of disc golf. Like there's there's not hard feelings there yeah. uh, from our side. That's great. Um, they made some great discs and helped bring us to to where we are. So, you know, unfortunately, it was just a, a perfect storm of of growth uh, from from our brand, from the sport, and then ultimately, you know, led us to to where we are today. And and again, like it was bad news. We weren't we weren't getting discs. I will say rightfully so, maybe or mm-hmm. maybe not. But understandably, um, yeah. So I'm 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 happy we're here. I I love the discs that that Innova made for us, and you know they were able to help take us. But um, you know, unfortunately, that wasn't uh, sustainable. Sorry for such a deep cut, but we haven't had Dana on the show for almost yeah. three years. So it's like mm-hmm. we have three years of catching up on it. Mm-hmm. So. For sure. You mentioned trade shows, which kind of sparked a, a new question for me that's not at all something we prepared for. But something that my brother Max and I have been talking about a little bit lately is jobs in the disc golf world. I'm curious to hear if you have any insight or perspective on what what careers in disc, disc golf look like today versus a couple of years ago. Do you think it's changed at all? Are there more jobs out there? If somebody wanted to make a career in disc golf today? You mean if somebody wanted to start maybe like dying discs and quit their job. (laughs) Do you think it looks any different today than it did a couple of years ago? Yeah. The pool is, you know, gone from a a very small pool, a baby pool to a, you know, a public pool. It's grown so much. And so with the sport growing and the brands growing, we need more people. And whether that's on the marketing side, working on the the manufacturing side or in, in the warehouse, like us, us at Dismania, we moved from California to Colorado three years ago. And when we started in Colorado, you know, we were maybe a dozen employees and well, we well doubled that at this point. Awesome. Um, so, I mean, whether you're looking to get in on the sales side, the marketing or working in the warehouse or running a machine, you know, obviously we're not producing the discs in Colorado, so I can't comment on, on that side of things, but you know, I, I see postings for other brands saying they're hiring, you know, machine operators and everything. There, there's, there's our opportunities out there. And then there's also we're we're still so young in the sport. There's opportunities to carve your way and and create something, and that's mm-hmm. that's exciting. Like you can you can come in and you know we're we're seeing players have lawyers and players have agents. There's yeah. agencies popping up. There's companies making uh, shirts for disc golf and hats like. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, overstable. Di- uh, no. no, there's <laughs> got him. No, there, there's tons of opportunity out there. Yeah, and if sure. you're whether you're, let's say, skilled with, you know, you went to college and have a marketing degree or a business degree, there's opportunities. Or if you're looking to work in a warehouse or mm-hmm. run a machine, mm-hmm. uh, definite opportunities. And then we look at entities or companies like the Pro Tour. Right. So many, like from the Pro Tour from th- two years ago, three years ago to now, it like. The staff that, that they have is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's huge, uh, and that's you know not even just on the media side, but on the logistics side, on ev- every which way. Like it's is growing, and, mm-hmm. and there are opportunities. Whether it's it's there for you to apply for a job, or it's if you're an entrepreneur and you want to create something, right. like, carve out your own lane. Yep, it, mm-hmm. it's there for you right now. One of my favorite ones is the Statmando guys. They just mm-hmm. decided that the commentators were just not giving enough good info. And hey, let's gather all this data and become the guys that provide all this. It's 
phenomenal. It's yeah. unbelievable. Stat Dion and and the crew at Stat Mando love what they're doing, and and they they're carving themselves out. I I can't comment on their their business or if it's even a business right now, but. Th- Mark my words, they're going to be profitable someday and yep. they're going to be a, a major, they're going to play a major role because they, they have the, the structure and, mm-hmm. and the vision. And, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, right. I'm excited for that. And if I was, if I was looking to go buy a company or anything or invest or get involved, yeah. like Statmando would be one because it's, it's so valuable because one on, on like the, the pro tour side, like on the production side, providing information like that. And then let's say it's, it's, uh, we're coming into the off season and, Hey, I want to see what uh, I want to see what Ryan Fancher has done over the last three years, and what he's done against this player, what he's gonna done against that player. Spoiler alert: the answer is nothing. So I can get through Statmando; they can provide detailed information based on statistics and and pull that all together. Versus like if I'm a team manager, like at Dismania, Avery Avery is very into it. He's got spreadsheets and he tracks and he's very, he takes it very seriously. But like Statmando, like they're quite powerful, like with the process. Yeah. Absolutely, that they, yeah. they've yeah. built well, like they're yeah. they're going places and i like i, I love their twitter and mm-hmm. and what they're doing and- i mean i think earlier today i can't remember if it was terry or if it was ian on the coverage of the lvc asked a, a stat question and within a minute he had the answer because they yeah. were in real time crunching those numbers it's referenced for him. on every single awesome Live and it was I've it was obscure. It wasn't like you know how many people have been on to. It was like a weird. I think it was maybe it was something about whether Evelina Solin. It, so, no, it was uh, uh, who was it? it was. Uh, I I got it. Henna Henna Bloomrose and whether or not she had birdie. Yes. That's exactly it. Or when the last time she had a birdie-free round. Birdie-free round. There we go. I yeah. we'd get to it. Yep. And it was like, how, how do you go back and find that? But they did it, and it was in lightning quick time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good I, for I, them. I, I can't say enough in like mm-hmm. how it's enhancing the the live broadcasts and and just following disc golf and the mm-hmm. stats. Like for years, I used to study in every event, every player, like click, 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 look and and see who's who's who and who's what, where they're from and their rounds and this and that and like what Stat Mando has done is just made it easy to pull that information and then yeah i i see them growing a ton uh in the near future and and being a valuable uh asset and and uh company in disc golf yeah to your comment about it being profitable whether it's now or or down the line uh it's an important point if you're going to think about disc golf as, as a lane to go down for your career but i think for a lot of people there's also the even if you don't put money in your pocket from disc golf there's a lane for you to fill your cup you know to like do something for your soul whatever you're doing for disc golf if you if you have the bandwidth to do something for disc golf maybe you have a nine to five that you that you hate you don't really care anything about there's still all Mm. these cool lanes you can go down in disc golf to Mm -hmm. like feel like you are genuinely making an impact and building towards something that maybe becomes profitable one day but Mm -hmm. even if it doesn't in the meantime you're doing something cool for your soul that you care about this thing you're you're doing Mm -hmm. totally me and devin hernandez never heard of a friend of the show Devin Hernandez and I uh, yes. love that kid. Uh, we're talking about disc dies, and he sent me a clip from what is called the Disc Dyers Guild or oh, something. Snap. Like it's a it's a large group, like a, a foundation of disc dyers, and they trade info and they trade you know methods and secrets, and it's really neat to see. And I I bag on it all the time about how you're never going to make a living, and I stand by that. But there's also a, a, a niche carved out for that exact thing in our sport, mm-hmm. and I do not want to discredit it at all because it defines what our sport is. 
is. And I love the fact that there is a guild that maybe they're not making a ton of money. This clip was actually like the guy admitting that at the end of the day, he maybe makes five bucks a disc. And that's not why he does it. But that's not why he does it. Right. Right. If that's why you're doing it, not for the money, but because of the sport and and making, uh, you know, yourself part of that. Love it. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I'm going to pause us for one second. I don't expect you to edit this out, but I just want to comment on how hot dog fingers have severely impacted the show. This episode, I should say, because a while you're making these really great points, I see your I see the hot dog fingers in the background. They're fingers. It's, it's, it's throwing me off. It's now. taken a lot for me to not lose it while Dana is <laughs> right. being very professional. Mm-hmm. And at the same with hot time, dog fingers. when I pulled my hands out of those things, there's some kind of dust on the inside that's in my eyeball now, and it hurts a lot. And I've been, you've probably seen me rubbing my eyes a lot for the last 20 minutes. I thought you were just really sad about Simon. No, my okay. eye hurts. There's something in that there. Was we need to get you yeah. a pair of socks to put on your hands so you don't itch your eye. Yeah. 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 Well, just be careful when you take your hands out of those gloves. Don't touch your eyeball. That's my advice. Noted. Okay. So there's a big piece of news in the disc golf world right now floating around. We'd be insane to not talk about it for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Gannon Burr leaving Prodigy is on every piece of disc golf media right now. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen tons of polarizing views on it. I'm afraid that everybody's kind of on the same page, but mm-hmm. can one of you two lay out the what's happened with Gannon and Prodigy? I've been trying to read up on all of the literature and the litigations and gathering as much info as possible because I think it's fascinating to me yeah. that this is all played out. It started a while ago, actually, and I think Gannon has become uh, dissatisfied with Prodigy as a company and its product and the way they handle themselves. And he has, in one way or another, let them know that he wasn't happy, but it really came to light uh, a couple days ago when he decided to announce that he was leaving Prodigy um, and wanted to terminate his contract with them, stating a couple of instances in which he thought Prodigy had violated the contract. Yeah. And it turns out that most of what he has been saying is not documented anywhere or anywhere in a contract, so it's going to be really mm-hmm. tough to prove. Mm-hmm. But he decided to leave Prodigy, which was met with lawsuit, and everyone was like, well, you can't uh, sue a minor, which is absolutely false. You can sue whomever you want, including minors. Uh, Especially minors. They're the most fun to sue, honestly. Right. I mean, what are they going to do? Yeah. Uh, but hands. yeah, it, the contract was also co-signed by his mother, who will ultimately take responsibility for it. Prodigy is suing him for breaching the contract, citing that they are going to essentially lose a bazillion dollars by having Ganon leave Prodigy and Badmouth Prodigy. And they're citing all sorts of memes that people have made up and everything like that. And they actually produced an injunction and a restraining order that would not allow Ganon to throw any other discs or basically to keep the status quo, to keep him on Prodigy until the formal litigation could go through so that he could not do irreparable harm to Prodigy and they wouldn't lose a lot of money because they consider him one of the top players in the sport. He is. Uh, which he is. He totally um, is. So, Clash champion this year, yeah? Yeah, yeah last year. 2022 Clash so, yeah. uh, I think their their wording was their only. Yeah. Which yeah. is which is rough. I mean, interesting choice of because, words. Because, yeah, you've got Isaac Robinson, you've got KJ, you've Kale. got uh, Kale, you've got Luke Humphreys. Yep. Um, all those guys, I, I can't imagine kind of had their feelings hurt, but nobody's saying anything at this point. Kale did come out and say did something he? really 
really cool. And this is why I'm a Kale fan, because mm. it was like, you know, the internet is all a buzz. And, you know, of course, we're reading all the comments, which then it's like chicken of the egg, you know, like we're reading the comments. So the dumbasses are going to continue to comment and we mm-hmm. read them. And, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Kale comes in a very the cool, older brother, authoritative viewpoint and says, like, take it easy, guys. Let's wait until we get through this before we start talking about any part of it, because you don't understand what's going on mm-hmm. from the side of Prodigy and you mm-hmm. don't understand what's really going on behind the scenes with Ganon. Mm-hmm. Let's just respect the situation. And like I said, that's why I'm a huge Kale fan, because mm-hmm. he did. I, I think that somebody needed to come out sure. and say that. And so perfect that it's Kale LaVisca because yeah. I think that everybody really feels he's an OG. Everybody feels the same way about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's very much that kind of older brother guy, sure. if there is one, on Prodigy. And I thought it was sure. really cool. And Kale, actually, he's been a voice of reason behind the scenes with like Disc Golf Pro Tour players. He's been around. He's smart. He runs events. He's involved with manufacture. And, and he's an elite player. So he has a really unique position and and he's been somebody that has been a voice of reason when people are up in arms about one thing or another and and I've seen it in cases where you know disc golf pro tour players like you mm-hmm. know on a pro tour player page where Kale comes in and I don't want to say flexes but comes in and sets the record straight or at least paints paints a different side of the picture yeah. so mm-hmm. which uh, is always needed yeah totally always needed because yeah. it gets just so the ugly in the and yeah. the comments and reddit posts yeah. but I think are- consensus is that no matter what happens prodigy is going to lose because they've tarnished their reputation by suing a player in this fashion but I think that Prodigy is going to end up prevailing in this litigation, whether they settle or not, because a contract is a contract, and the evidence that Gannon says that he has against breaching the contract is what is called parole evidence, and that is evidence that is not stated in the contract. And Mm. if you are not within the four corners of the contract, then it is inadmissible basically in court. So the things like the flashing on the discs and Gana not being happy about how the uh, uh, inconsistent the discs are and that he wasn't given two special molds for his rookie of the year disc. and Which all was, that was something that was promised to him mm-hmm. outside of the contract. Sure, absolutely. Quote unquote promised. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. Uh, is valid in his mind, I'm sure, but th- that is not part of the contract. There was an, another like $500 bonus that was not given. And in the contract, it states that if there are any discrepancies in, or if there is a potential breach of contract, then they're given 30 days to make it right. Mm-hmm. Which it makes which I think on the five hundred dollar thing they, they did. did. Yeah. They absolutely did. Yeah. They were like, oh yeah, here's yeah. five hundred bucks. Yeah. So when it comes down to it, everybody's gonna lose. And that's yeah. that's unfortunate. I think Prodigy's gonna lose a lot of their reputation and Ganon may end up having to stick with Prodigy or they're going to settle or you know, it's gonna get uglier before it gets yeah. a lot better. Well this <clears throat> this is a it's a first. This has never happened before. Sure. We have to see this through. We're going to see this through. We don't have a choice mm-hmm. as viewers. Yeah. Contracts moving forward will definitely be different. It's like when uh, you know lawsuits happen and they reference other lawsuits, yada, yada, versus the court of whatever. Like mm-hmm. This will be the thing that changes everything moving forward. I wish I had the hot dog hands because I've got my hands up. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that's, I mean... It, for people that really enjoy the sport like we do and Dana does and our listeners do, as crazy as it sounds, this is cool. 
it's it's different. It's interesting. Unprecedented. It, it, yeah, it's unprecedented, and it's going to be a lot of fun to see how it pans out. Dana, we're we're talking about this and contracts and everything. We're fresh off the Simon, like a, a yeah, buyout. Right. Like right, we, right. to my knowledge, there there haven't been buyouts. There, you know, there haven't been. We haven't seen a manufacturer take a, a player to court, to federal court. So, I yeah. mean, these are all things that are are part of disc golf. You know, crossing over growing and, pains. and growing pains, and and it's unfortunate that it's you know it's hap- We're seeing it happen right now. Prodigy and hap- happened to Gannon, happened to a kid. This is part of of disc golf growing in right. in the sport, and mm-hmm. so yeah, it's going to be interesting to follow. Obviously, uh, unfortunate, <laughs> but also like you said, it's a sign of the times, and it's it's something that we have to go through as a sport. And when there's there's going to be more instances like this, there needs to be more precedent set as uh, as we as the money becomes more substantial, as the yeah. as the the careers become more like <laughs> dang it. Uh, <laughs> All right, listen. Wait. Listen. Wait, stay like that. The freaking hot dog fingers were either the best or the worst idea ever. <laughs> but these I, are, these are stuck. I've been I've been waiting to comment on something for a few minutes now, and it's it's around Jason. All right, Jason, I don't tell, correct me if I'm wrong here, but about four minutes ago, I saw you very carefully grab a chip or some chips out of the bowl, and then place it in your mouth, and then not chew for like a Did minute. You let it melt. Very yeah. careful, like you don't want to crunch in the mic. Yeah, because I could hear the 100%. crunches earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't got he wouldn't got his headphones, so yeah, I knew. Yeah, I just yeah. gave He's him the side eye, crunch. and I've then he was like, "Oh shit, I can't crunch, crunch that chip for a while." Yeah, I'm, I've been treating it like uh, chewing tobacco, and just kind of plugging it in the corner, <laughs> <and letting> it <laughs> nice, nice, slowly just dissolve. sucking on the juice. Yeah, yeah. good. Before we get to having too much more fun, though, I do have to say one more thing about yeah. the the Gannon matter. If you are not watching the press conference stuff with DGN the day before these events, you are sleeping on some of the coolest media that is happening in our sport. Mm-hmm. Brian Earhart. I've been telling him this for years as a genius. He is turning that knob and he is asking some really cool questions uh, as well as Terry and Zoe and Definitely watch that stuff because it is really cool. Uh, they had Gannon on. The first thing they brought up was the situation and the way that that 17 year old kid handled that situation was absolutely Incredible. He avoided the situation completely as any professional in his situation should. How he answered the rest of the questions throughout that interview was phenomenal. I was very, very impressed with his demeanor right. and how he handled himself. It was Think back to your own 17-year-old self. I would have been motherfucking everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just a, a, a pile of goop sitting in that chair, like not knowing how to handle it at right. all. Right, yeah. right, right. D- does does Gannon have somebody in his corner that's coaching him? Is it just him and mom? I mean, there's, I have a million questions when I see that because I am so thoroughly impressed with how that kid is handling the situation. Still had his prodigy hat on wasn't disrespectful at nope. all Mm-mm. and in a way that didn't really seem coached no so i i really got to hand it to him and also incredible shout out to dgn staff they're killing it with the press conference stuff mm-hmm. it does point to i think there has to be some coaching or some like agents uh like uh, basically an agent type role whether that's his mom or somebody else yeah Somebody's helping him, and and because there's real money on the line, it's it's required. So well, we saw that with Ricky too. 
Right. When Ricky started, I mean, when he became, you know, world champ and he got really big and started interviewing, he couldn't speak for anything. And it was Gobbled really tough. Yeah. Have you ever seen his very first in the bag no. with, with uh, Prodigy? Mm-mm. It's it's worth a watch. Could you do an impression? I, not without offending. <laughs> <laughs> but he okay. must have had some kind of work with someone because he is yeah. very well he's spoken in, he's and he's now. he's interesting and he's fun to listen to. I I don't know that I think it's maybe not to knock on Ricky, but a maturity thing. Like Gannon, I think is just maybe maybe a little little bit more mature. Where Ricky is. A high, they're very different people, mm-hmm. and Ricky's very. a high energy, and like you know, when he's younger, more immature, yeah. and yeah. and less uh, his less mouth moves out. before he thinks. Yeah, Ricky and, and that's is how a he golden acts. retriever, and Gannon Burr is a Doberman pincher. Ooh, oh, okay, okay, hold on. All right, what breed is everybody at this table? Give me a minute. Continue the conversation. I'll get there. Start with Jason. At some point, I will continue <laughs> the conversation. Uh, give me a minute. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to, to kind of put a bow on the fact that like the disc golf agent, the disc golf lawyers, that like there are more and more jobs. There are more like ways to get involved in the scene. There's more ways to plug yourself in. Take whatever you're good at. Take whatever you're an expert in. Apply it to the sport. And whether you see the, the the benefits, the profit immediately or not, there is something to be gained by continuously investing what you're good at and applying it to disc golf. I am uh, living proof. Yeah. 100%. Now, Sean, we we at the Vichy House, we're Ooh. we're looking at getting a dog sometime in the in the near future. So mm-hmm. while you think about comping each of us at the table with a, a dog breed, mm-hmm. uh, maybe think about. What kind of dog we should get? I already know what he's going to say you should get. Yeah, you know the answer to my question. Uh-huh. Uh, how often is the entire brood at home? I'm typically home all the time because I work from home. So we've got a lot of time to devote to said pup. In theory, yeah. Okay. I'll be there for a break-in period and you know all of that. So then the entire family is going to come out to the dog bowl and look at some of the pups that are available for adoption Ooh. from the Will County Humane Society on March 11th Chandler. and 12th. Oh, yeah. Shameless plug. Bring the girls out. Chandler. There will be dogs. Chandler? Chandler is a gorgeous lab mix. Uh, lab mix. The coat on this dog, I like legit have never seen oh, like, a coat on a dog. Like a platinum champagne coat. Yes. Yeah. Straight out uh-huh. of Burlington Coat Factory. <laughs> yes. And if you go into that place with $600, you are a king. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way, I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, but Jason may be a boxer. Mm. Boxers, to me, are very silly, but also like... Like, they're, they're, like their legs and paws are too big for their bodies, type of like clumsy. Yeah. A little bit, a little clumsy. I think that's true about the breed, but is it true about Jason? Big time. <laughs> what? <laughs> really? I've been around him for 39 years. He's a boxer. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> I'm cool. Clumsy? Yeah? In a very lovable way. Huh. That's basically the, the two notes that I was touching on was super lovable, mm-hmm. super silly, and there's like a protector thing as well where mm-hmm. they're like yeah. like mm-hmm. older brother type vibe. Okay. Yeah. That's what I built okay. my, my okay. opinion on. Like you're not a chihuahua. Like you're still right. like you're yeah. in a room yeah. and people know that you're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. Yes. <laughs> All right, you sold me on it. I My 
initial thought was Irish setter. Huh. Don't they have, they have like really long hair? They're pretty big. What, um, what, just actually just, what is it about the Irish setter that made you say that's, that's probably me. I had them. We had them when we were kids and I just, I if fell in love with the breed. If you were a little more sporty, uh-huh. I would give you Irish setter. Have, On you the seen, days, have you seen this cardigan he's wearing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true. Irish it sweater. Is a beautiful, Irish it's sweater. a beautiful day in your neighborhood though. Yeah. Correct? Thank you. It is. It is, it is. Totally is. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's kind of a cheap cop out a little bit to just go with whatever dog you already own. But Ryan does seem very Boston Terrier to me. Oh, there's something about them. He looks yeah. like a Boston that, Terrier. Yeah. There's yeah, like a, yeah, yeah. A, a constant sort of like a little bit dissatisfied by what's going on. But also, and what's great yeah. is when I go to his house, he has two of them. Yeah. And I have seen Ryan act like one, but also <laughs> act like the other. Like he's just that whole like flippantness of like Eddie can just be like, ah, like super fired up. But Melba can also be like, I don't even care that you're in the room right now. I've seen you be both of those. Yeah. Sure. Today. Sure. Sure. Yeah. sure. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Right. And and I can't look at you and not think Australian. Cattle dog. Yeah. Cattle dog. Yeah. I corral people. Yeah. You definitely, I definitely yeah. corral people. Yes. So yeah. yeah. I'm a bit of a shepherd myself. Sheila. I don't want to say you're. Me. I don't know. Are you? Sheila's probably I a love cat the that's. Sun. I'm super chill. Yeah. Yeah. Super chill. Introverted. And she's watching us and thinking about how stupid all of us are all the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. So, but also enjoying yeah. it. Like, yeah. like a cat would. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I'm allergic to her. So that, yeah, that's it. That's, that's, that works. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Somebody tell me what Dana is so we can move on. Well, then you would be the Irish setter just Dana by default with the. That's the red too, hair, that's right? low hanging is it, fruit. Is it low hanging? All right. That's Something with like fruit. a presence that makes you want to like gain its respect. Like an Irish setter. <laughs> 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 but would also do really well on a balance beam or like a, uh-huh. a tightrope. Tight yeah. 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 I'm going to say German Shepherd because y- you're kind of uh, demanding of respect from the people around you, but in a good way. That's good. Final answer. I like that one. All right, so there's uh, another really interesting topic that Sheila threw on our uh, sort of prep sheet. I've I've known you. She to deuced. Be pretty. <laughs> she dropped the deuce. Right. Um, calm down, Sheila. Sheila. Yeah. Relax. <laughs> See, that that is. Just letting us know that she's here. She's dropping the deuce. Uh, I've known you to be, you know, pretty supportive of Vibram, uh, and I think you might have talked about it last time you're on the show. So it's been sort of resurrected lately. What are your What's your take on where Vibram is at right now? For those not familiar, I was a long time sponsored Vibram player. How yeah. long ago was that? Was it like 2007, 2008? Oh, he's not that old. <laughs> Why do you just guess? <laughs> you're not too you're not too far off. Um some somewhere oh maybe oh eight, oh nine, and then I was sponsored up until I don't know like twenty thirteen? Fifteen, sixteen. You're close. You're in the ballpark. You have no idea. But anyways, yeah, had a had a, a great run with Vibram. Some of my best playing days like out on tour were with Vibram. It was I I was throwing an open bag, but putting all Vibram and mid range is all Vibram and you know, mix a few other uh, discs as per my contract, my handshake contract. Sure. <laughs> Couldn't take me to court for that. Uh, but um, so, yeah, I was with Vibram and then ultimately left and then found myself with Discmania and work with Discmania. But anyways, they eventually stopped producing discs on a, a wide scale range. And uh, Steve Dodge, who was running Vibram Disc Golf, left to run the Disc Golf Pro Tour to start the Disc Golf Pro Tour. And so that that would have been around 2016, uh, if memory serves. And yeah, now 
Vibram is kind of they're kind of dipping their toe back in uh, with some limited releases uh, direct to consumer. They're not doing big mass runs of discs, but small small scale runs selling direct to consumer and selling at a pretty high price. Now Vibram discs were, I think, at that time they were typically you know at that twenty dollar or twenty plus mark uh, MSRP mm-hmm. and which. Six or seven years ago was uh, that was quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now, now it's I, the same price as a carton of eggs. Yeah, <laughs> oh, right. yeah. Uh, that's a sore subject. Um, <laughs> thanks, Obama. Um, thanks, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Vibram. Uh, they're they're kind of they're dabbling with uh, some some small runs of discs and selling direct to consumer at I think around forty the forty dollar price Ooh, mark. Wow. Uh, I think so, they can get away with it because the the Vibram fans are so hardcore. Yeah, yeah, they they are hardcore, but also like it's pretty extreme. The highest we've we you typically see a disc uh, at MSRP from a store is. Twenty nine ninety nine, yep. uh, and that's typically a really special disc with a really special player. You know, mm-hmm. Ricky Wysocki this, Eagle McMahon that, and mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, Vibram they're doing it and they're they're dropping uh, these small releases mm-hmm. and with that high price point. And I won't say it's been mixed uh, viewpoints. Like people are pissed. Oh, it's wow. kind of it's a it feels like a little bit of gouging, but also it's kind of you know this little niche thing mm-hmm. that you know they know vibram knows that people want and you know mm-hmm. disc golf has grown and the the vibram collector market is is pretty good i'm sitting on way too many collector discs so if you're yeah. a vibram collector uh how at your boy and got some venmo let me know uh but yeah is steve dodge involved with that anymore or no no, no. steve steve's not involved and i i've actually at some trade shows ran into Vibram and and talked to some of the folks that are are behind that and and talked with them and they actually more or less were asking you know hey you, you're a disc golf manufacturer you work for a disc golf manufacturer what do you think and you know I, I let them know that you guys are that's a little I don't know long term strategy that's that's going to work for you or sure. maybe if you're going to continue to every couple drops a year yeah I could see that being you know that forty dollar mark you know your your main market is shoe soles and and all of that and and discs are cost a lot to make those mm-hmm. uh, under your process, which I actually did get to tour the Vibram uh, manufacturing facility out in, in uh, Massachusetts. I don't remember what year, but it was awesome. Is, is that, are all the employees wearing those little uh, Vibram like... Uh, five fingers? Is that what or they're five, called? <laughs> no. They're no. called hot dog fingers. Hot dog fingers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hot dog toes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, I I didn't see a whole lot, but I also I did I did have some pairs uh, that were were given to me. Uh, they are cool. Yeah, it's I I like feeling closer to nature and sure. you know treating my feet right, but it's not for everybody, and I'm not wearing them today, or and I haven't worn cool. them for for a long time. But so when you say that they're available direct to consumer, how would I buy one if I wanted to buy one right now? You know, I I don't know Does if I they have the website. Yeah, it would be direct, like on vibram.com or, you know, if you did a Google search, I don't know if it's dot sure. net. Ever, or, hey, Boomer, you ever heard of Google.com? The Google? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Googs. What? Yeah. Okay. What question I was that? That was one, so I have good. one last right, question for Dana. Website, it's or? a quick one. It's a <laughs> two-parter. Yeah, the reason you I do. ask is because I was like, if, if I'm going to buy a disc, I want to go to Delwood and buy it. Sure. But if that's not going to be an option, then what's my next thing? One last question for Dana. Two-parter. It's quick. Promise. Have you been to the Swedish manufacturing facility? Quickly, yes or no? No. And when are we all going? Hopefully soon. I, I would really, really like to see that. Um, like, I'm half joking, but honestly, I 
I would love to see some kind of a program. Ryan has a question. I'm, I'm, oh, Ryan wants I'm raising go. my hand. Okay. Let's oh, go. that's all uh, it takes. I'll, yep. Yeah, I'll go to Sweden. Yep. Can Discmania be the first Sweden. manufacturer Sweden. to do? I, I know that uh, MVP does something like this. Gyropalooza. They do something like that. When can we see something like that from Discmania? I think it is a really cool way to bring everybody together. I'd love to do it, even if it was halfway across the country. Sign me up. Talk about it at the next meeting. I'm that, in. I mean, that sounds great. Like where you, you know, kind of what Paige Pierce is doing, like yeah, where you right. have a, a, you know, everyone signs up, you pay X amount of dollars and then you go on this guided trip. Like yeah. we go to Sweden, we play Yarva, we go up to Latitude 64, which yes. is way, way up north, play the courses up there, check out the manufacturing facility. That would be incredible. I don't see that as something that is going to happen in the, the next few years, but- yeah, It's a business I, write-off. What's the big deal? I could- yeah. Hey, just bringing up. that up to me, like I, you're bringing up to the right person, not <laughs> cool. to, to cool. you know, I good, can good start. I would pass this up along the chain and say, hey, there, there's opportunity here. But on that, on that note, we we have talked. Obviously, we're not manufacturing the discs in Colorado, but talked about bringing um, to start some of our retailers and and vendors to come out and uh, tour the facility. Mm-hmm pick out their orders, do some workshops. Place, or maybe a disc golf podcast. Do a disc golf podcast. That has an average of 400 listeners per episode. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, <laughs> that's much more likely than a, a trip yeah. trip to Sweden. But like, I'll at, take that. As for Sweden, like obviously, I think everybody, every disc golfer would love to go to a manufacturing facility. But like working for Dismania, yes, of course, I, I would like to go there and go to Sweden. It was almost on the table for me to visit this last year. Uh, I went over to Germany for a trade show and I ended up just going to Finland after the trade shows. I was in Europe and Finland is where uh, our parent company uh, Spin 18 is based out of. So I was able to go to Discmania HQ in, in Finland and see that and, and meet uh, some of the people that I work with on a regular basis. But I think if I would have had more time and everything, a trip to Sweden uh, wouldn't have been out of the question. But as for public and like getting a, you know, a bus, to, a tour bus together and, yeah. uh, you know, getting over to Sweden, I think we're a few years away from that. And that's just, you know, speculative. Plant the seed. Love when it. you were in Finland, did you meet our pal Matt's Adamzak? I did not. Do you know who that is? I forget his exact role, but his job was like he's he's like a data scientist who was bringing using disc golf to bring tourism to Oland. The uh, it's like a chain of Finnish. Oh islands. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That yeah, that place. That's where we need to go. Yeah, right. That's where we need to go. How many courses do they have on the island? It was like 16, 16. or something. Island mm-hmm. Islands, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those are. That's my Yeah, that was vacation. a big. Let's go Ironman all 16 courses in 48 hours. That was a big disc golf Easy. park project. But d- speaking of courses, and Avery Jenkins, everybody knows he's a course collector and everything. Him and he went over to New Zealand and was on the, I don't know, South Island for a handful of days. Played all 40 something courses. Insane. Um, but what? It's during the trip. They're playing ten courses a day uh, for Stop. for a couple of days. Him and uh, him and Maverick, who's a salesman for Dismania. But any, anyways, like the Island Islands, yeah, they're they're actually having a an event after the European Open. So they're trying to bring like pros and like cater and like they've already you know have the European crowd that that goes there for mm-hmm. vacations or goes there to play disc golf mm-hmm. and everything. But they're trying to like pull in and, and make something bigger and. I don't know all the details, unfortunately, but 
I believe there is an event following the European Open this year uh, that that are at the Island Islands or on, on the Island Islands. Yeah. Well, hey, before we put a wrap on the, the nuts and bolts, I want to plug some past episodes for listeners if you're new to the show. Uh, we did an episode in season one. It was technically episode 7.5 where we did a video interview with Matt's, uh, Matt's Adamzak from uh, who, who exactly the project we we're just talking about. Uh, he talks a lot about, you know, disc golf tourism, what it meant to them, uh, how they were approaching it. It was a really cool little like half episode. Check that out. And then also check out the bearded one. What was that, episode that was nine? The, no, that was the next episode. After That was episode eight. Episode eight. Okay. Yeah. So, it's yeah, episode eight, season one. That's when Dana was on for the first time. So, if you want to know more about who he is as a guy, that's a great episode to get that background. So You probably don't care, but if you want to, if you're bored and yeah. have nothing yeah. to do. If this is your first episode, you know, go back. Check it out. Yeah. All right. We covered a lot, and I feel like we still have some stuff in the mailbag we need to get to. Jason? Oh, yeah. Can you take us into the mailbag? Only if you think it's... Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Jason, take yes. us into the mailbag. Uh, considering that we ended the nuts and butts with that question about Vibram, I think we're going to start with a question from... How is Vibram not a vibrator company? <laughs> you know? Vibram? Figure it out. I barely know him. <laughs> Hey, a question from Jordan Capra. This is for the whole group. If you could bring back any out of production disc or maybe a specific run of a certain disc, what would mm. be and why? I would. I have one. Mm. I don't keep it in my bag, but I keep it in my car for funsies. And I would keep it in my bag if I could get a new one or two. The Epic. What's the one that's so, like a dinner plate? What's the dinner plate? Rye, you're up. What the Aerobee? The Aerobee. Is it? No, is that, that, no. Aerobi Ro- is the name of the brand. Yeah, yeah, but the, the actual the one with the oblong rim. No, not the oblong one. The the one that's shaped like a little. The one that Ricky Wysocki threw when we were out. Oh the, yeah, 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 yeah. It's actually a solid, like super straight flyer and a great roller. No, you're done. I'm not even bullshitting. Right, you're up. <laughs> what is it called? <laughs> the arrow. Yeah, oh, the arrow. Yeah, yeah. Aerobi arrow. arrow. Yeah, nobody needs to know that. Uh, <laughs> it was a certain plastic. Yeah. It was the fluid plastic that yeah, yeah. dynamic and lat 64 and west side were all calling it different but it was all fluid plastic and it yeah, was really just, gummy premium stuff it was, it great. was just I, the I, best. I was so surprised when they yeah. stopped making that it they really i have a couple fluid judges left that are just i want to cry every time i hold them because i know that those are the last ones that i'll ever have yeah uh, it was just so good mine is uh dana and i were just feeling it earlier everybody knows there's a no, discs Discs. Yeah, correct. Mm. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the soft P-line P1X that mm-hmm. accidentally happened from Discmania a couple years back. It's my favorite throwing putter. I have a stack on standby that I've gotten from Dana himself. Uh, one of my last aces was one of Dana's former discs. We were just looking at it. It's got his name on it. The one that's in my bag now has Dana Vici's name on it. Mm. No big deal. Uh, I've also acquired a few from uh, friend Kevin Keating mm-hmm. from, uh, I believe, Utah now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is my fave. Accidental run, right? Like it wasn't even meant to happen and it just did. Yeah, my understanding was that we ordered P-line P1s and they, instead of a stiff P-line, which that's what it traditionally is, they came in the soft, beautiful, luscious, buttery, buttery version that, uh, yeah, Sean loves. And I actually, I actually love too. Bring it back. Do one for me. One for your your answer. The year is 1991. (laughs) Nirvana's Nevermind. 
mm. comes out, mm-hmm. I buy a copy on CD. Mine has 12 tracks with no bonus track on it. But as some people know, there are actually 13 tracks on Nirvana's Nevermind because there's a bonus track. After something in the way, he let the CD run for like a couple of minutes, mm-hmm. and then another song plays. My stepdad buys a copy of it, and his copy has Endless Nameless on it, the bonus track. So one day when he wasn't paying attention, me being 13 years old and not knowing anything, I swapped them out. I was like, well, I want the one that has the extra song on it, of course, blah, blah, sure. blah. So I swapped them out. And it was only years later that I found out that... If you had a copy of Nevermind on CD that did not have the bonus track, you actually had something very rare because it was printed accidentally and it was a first run of Nirvana's Nevermind on CD. All of none of them had the bonus track and they missed it accidentally and then went back and added it. And every subsequent release has always had it. So I had the disc of Nirvana's Nevermind that was. One of the rare ones, and I have no idea where it is to this day, and it bums me out. I know. Great I answer. That. You played yourself. Great bums answer. me out you hard play, that I you did played that. yourself. <laughs> I did one hundred percent play myself. Uh, uh, do we get Dana's answer? And yet? I think about right. it at least once a week. Dana, what's your what's your lost and forgotten that you'd love to bring back? Before I get there, bringing up uh, Nirvana, mm-hmm. I just finished the Dave Grohl's book. <laughs> Oh, uh, the Jason's audio version, the storyteller. I don't. If you guys are into audiobooks, yeah. No matter if you're into Nirvana or Foo Fighters, like incredible, like really, really great book. Yeah. My wife Ashley read it and was like, or listened to it and said, "Hey, you really need to." And I'm like, I mean, I I like Dave Grohl, I like Foo Fighters, I like Nirvana. I'm not a you know not a massive fan, but listen to it incredible so if you're looking for something please please uh, if you download run it. out of unstable discourse episodes mm-hmm. to listen to mm-hmm. that's a great second very mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. after right. after you go back and listen to season I've never season I've never one episode seven <laughs> he does it himself yeah yeah Did the, you know that? yeah the best Dave ones are incredible. when when they read them themselves yeah. i think uh, totally. willie nelson does another great one but anyways Mine, I, I think I got to go. I think I talked about this in the first time I was here. I'm very vain. Uh, so I would go to the Roaming Thunder 1, which is a, it's a CD2. Whose so, name was on that? Uh, that that would have been my my name. Uh, <laughs> my my first uh, signature disc, uh, Roaming Thunder 1. And then there was a, a Roaming Thunder 2. Stay tuned. Uh, maybe we'll do a Retired Thunder 3. Oh, what? Uh, what? Some yep. of the best artwork on a disc. Yeah. I'm not saying that because you're sitting in this room. So good. Yeah. The Buffalo Fantastic. and the, the two different. Oh, so good. I mean, I know we're trying to wrap this up, but can if we can, like, retired Thunder. Like, what What kind of, like, I, I've been texting with Manny Trujillo, who did the artwork for the mm-hmm. for the one and two and a, a bunch of our Dismania discs. Like, what direction should I tell him? Like, I'm, you, I'm thinking, like... Can you get a buffalo sitting on a Lazy Boy recliner? Honestly, th- you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. Like, leaning back with a maybe a drink in the hand, oh, a yeah. couple little buffaloes running yeah, in and the then background. Yeah, and a TV, <laughs> and it, like, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I was thinking a, a newspaper that, like, popped up and said, Retired Thunder. Or, you yeah. know, something like that. Like, oh, yes. I love it. You know, just doing it as a, a fun, something that we could do in the shop. And I don't know. There's so, seemed, yeah. Definitely it, it, an aged buffalo, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it blows. Maybe if there's a way to make the, the beard look a little grayer. Mm. Now that you're 
They're 29 it's not years even, old. It's still pretty healthy red. I mean, I just trimmed it out. There, there, there's some grays coming in, but I mean, it, it blows my mind that people all over the world like and collect and throw or whatever, whatever you want to call it, a disc with my name on it. But yeah, it's it's a request that comes in, so I thought it'd be fun to do a retired. Thing. Oh, if you would, do absolutely. that, will you spell your name the new way, Dane Avicii? Of Vici? Of Ichi? Yeah. <laughs> how much, Jason, how much do you love that there are people who, when they hear Dana's name, they think of it the way that you thought of it? Multiple people in the mailbag ask questions for Dane. 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 Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, this next question is not for Dane, but it is from Ryan Aquino, or more specifically, Ryan Aquino's son. He wants to know Odin. what mm-hmm. did Odin, I cannot come up with his name. Yeah. Thank you, Odin. What did you used to have as a kid, but lost it as an adult? And it could be anything. It could be physical or mental, anything. I think I used to be a much funnier person. I was, it was like my top priority in middle school and high school. Like I wanted to be, I successfully was voted class clown in high school. But for whatever reason, I felt like people weren't taking me seriously enough. So I started to try to be this like more grown up, serious version of myself. And lots of friends in my college years would be like, you're just not the guy you used to be. And it cut me to my core. It still cuts me to my core. I used to just not care how the joke would be received, how I was going to look. I would say whatever I knew was going to get a laugh. And like being that guy that, that got a laugh under at any cost i i loved that at this stage in life definitely don't have that anymore i think way too much before i make a joke and probably for the best but that is something about myself that i i kind of miss i don't have an answer to that yeah i don't know because you're perfect yeah that's probably true next jay i got nothing you got nothing i Uh, do have one the year was 1991 (laughs) Nirvana's never mind. <laughs> Let's move on to Ryan Stilson's question. He wants to know, can you smoke us some pull? Oh, hold on. Can you smoke us some pulled pork soon, please? I think that is towards Dane, is it? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Ryan and uh, friend David Garb, they were having like- Garb. A, Garby. Some sort of a tournament at their, their home course. Garbapalooza. Yes. And uh, I don't know what year it was, but- I, I 1991. Nine, yeah. Yeah. 91, 92. <laughs> 91. <laughs> I was in first grade. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. If you were born in 1984, sorry for the side note, but yeah. like me, born in 84, in the year 1991, I was in first grade. Yes. Yeah. 92, second grade. So like whenever, I don't know, I feel like that's not often like I can, hey, oh yeah, what, 1993, you know, and oh yeah, I was in third grade, but- it it coincides yeah, yeah, yeah. with the, with the yeah. number. Anyways, yeah, yeah I was totally. born in I was born in eighty, so mm, I always remember. I don't have yeah. to do math. Yeah. yeah, same same idea. I was yeah. born in eighty three, and I wished that it was eighty four because for that exact reason. The I don't know if it's sad, funny, whatever, but I didn't know this until like a few <laughs> years ago. Like, and then now it's like when we're ever talking, you know, reminiscing, and it's like, oh yeah, ninety five. Oh yeah. Fifth grade. Fifth grade. Yeah, 97th, seventh grade. Like mm. any anyways. Yeah. Uh the pulled <laughs> pulled pork. I can smoke a mean pulled pork. Nice. And uh it's pretty pretty easy on my rec 
Tech Grill. Oh, mm-hmm. here we go. Uh, head over to Rec Tech Grill. Use the code. No, I don't have a code. Dane for Avici twenty three. Dane ninety one. But, but uh, it's a, it's a great smoker and make makes uh, makes some it, great food. Is it a pellet smoker? It's a pellet. It's electric. I can you know turn it on my phone and look at the you know. Do you? Uh, oh wow. Were you previously a like a propane or a charcoal? Previously, I I just used uh, like a propane grill okay. and and would make burgers and sure. steaks and you know pretty pretty ba- you know veggies pretty basic stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, got the smoker. It's been great. Like I I didn't know I could make good food and make it so easily. Hmm. Is this an ad for Rectech? I don't know. I've been thinking about it for a couple of years. Yeah, you have. You know, now we now that we're on this yeah. subject, I'm, yeah, I get Snapchats from another ginger who really knows his way around a grill and, and meat. I'm guessing you guys get these too. Clay Biofus? Yes. Like Clay Biofus. Every other day sends me a Snapchat. Has our s- next question. Oh, okay. In oh. the mailbag. Se- separately, I would love to see a ginger showdown on the grill because I know he rocks oh, a Traeger. He, he way into it. Dude, his question's about food. Oh, Traeger versus Rectang. Yeah, yeah, he wants to know what is your ideal particular birthday meal? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to say it without laughing. Yeah. What is your ideal birthday meal? And go into as much detail as you want to try to make Alex's mouth water is specifically well, his question. Clearly, it's two IPAs and a brownie yeah. Yeah. is your ideal. Yeah. That- that was my dinner tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Sheila. A plus. Uh, oh boy, I, I, I love tacos. Good. Go answer. get some tacos. Good answer. Uh, a margarita. What doesn't go on a taco? What's the one thing that somebody would add that you would be like, you put that on a taco? <laughs> <laughs> that's it's easy. And if you don't agree with me, something's wrong with you. Okay. Tomatoes. Really? Oh. No tomatoes on I'm, a taco. I mean, I look at tomatoes. I want to eat like I want to like them. I want to eat them, but put them on a burger, put them on a taco, put them on a plate. Pass. Same. Hard Mm. pass. Mm. Agreed. No Mm. tomatoes, huh? Oh, I mean, you slice them in half and pour salt on a plate and just dab the open part of the tomato in the salt. You could eat it like an apple. They are so delicious. I want that to, and I (laughs) I see that, and I I can remember like being. (laughs) 1995 when I was in fifth grade, seeing my dad, you know, my mom and dad cut them up and, you know, season them and eat them. And like, it looks good, but that should be illegal. Can't, can't do it. I love them. The only reason I don't put them on burgers is because they fall apart. Like everything slips and slides. Yeah. So I know. You gotta have like a really beefy tomato. Otherwise. All right. Uh, next question uh, is from Dave Hopkins. He wants to know, what's it like being a redhead? When you make eye contact with other redheads, is there some sort of mutual respect for one another? Maybe a nod of approval. Have you given thought to going to the Redhead Days Festival in Ireland? First of all, I'm I'm not a redhead. Second of all, redheads are gross, David. <laughs> um, Ew. It's got, disgusting. I've got, a, I've got a red beard. It's, you guys are. I took my hat off. Yeah, you got brown hair. Yeah. Yeah, what color is my hair, Ryan? It is a dark brown. Thank you. Is that the same color as the oh, hair brother. of the rest of your body, all over? Wouldn't you mm, like to know? Yeah. Oh. That's a question <laughs> That's... for another podcast. <laughs> no comment. No comment. But I, I will. I yes. I, I plead a, the fifth. <laughs> well, if we had a visual podcast, we'd be able to answer that. Like Del Del Sasso, hope we had because he said in the mailbag he'll be watching the podcast. So yeah. everybody, wave at Dale. Hey, buddy. All right. Moving on. 
Uh, let's go to a question from Raymond John Paul Patrick, a man with four first names. Why doesn't Morris have a disc golf course yet? Dana, what the hell? No, that's a that's a good question, and that was a project I I tried to be involved with uh, from the beginning, and then insert myself uh, once it was going. And unfortunately, yeah, nothing nothing happened. They maybe because they didn't uh, accept my offers to be involved. But uh, they they had a park picked out. I think they even have baskets purchased sitting in a in a warehouse somewhere wow. in a facility. Which didn't uh, they do like a little three hole or like six hole or something? I thought it was seven. Kevin seven? seven hole. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah, there's something going on. But I I tried to be involved with it. Um, unfortunately, just never was able to connect, and I, I'm not sure sure why but th- this does happen like i've i've gone in and designed a course in places that they've had baskets sitting for years in their uh, warehouse and then i come in and design it and they put they put it in the ground so i i don't know what happened there unfortunately because it sucks because from joliet to you know ottawa it's it's kind of a dead zone yeah and it would be great to have a course in that space and in morris it's and that park is beautiful. Uh, there, there could be an, a fun short course. You can't, you can't go big there. It's actually right across from the high school, so the high school would be able to use it. And so, if anyone from Morris is is out there listening, uh, please give me a call at eight one five. Never mind. Five five five. One two three. Nineteen ninety. D a n a. Come on, what the hell? D a n d a n e. Eight one five 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 five. Dane. Uh, next question <laughs> comes from Nick Kaminsky, and it's along those same lines. First of all, he wants to thank you for RRR and Walnut Hollow. But his love question is, is there any plans for another course out this way? We'd love to see another one up here. Have a great day. Well, thank you. First of all, I'm super proud of what has been done in Cary so far. And um so lucky to be involved with both those projects. Two very different courses, two very different projects. But I am working to get another course in your area. It's in the works, still a ways away. We were actually talking about this in the pre-show. Hopefully the the stars align and uh, you'll, you'll have another course designed by me in, in the next handful of years. It's still still in the in early phases and there's uh, some hurdles to overcome. So keep an eye on socials. There may be some opportunities to uh, help with the project and you uh, hang tight. Hopefully, uh, hopefully something's coming. Awesome. Sick. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to end on a Casey Glade question. She, of course, wants to wish you a happy birthday, but also wants to know, are you going to be doing any commentary this season? She feels Tear Bear and Dynamite is the best duo of all. Uh, record scratch. Are there literally people out there calling you Dynamite in 2023? Is that an actual thing? Yeah, I used to uh, be a regular guest on a, a different podcast. Don't okay. Don't react. What the actual? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what other podcast? I yeah. mean, it was uh, back in 1991. Yeah, uh, the year. <laughs> talking about Smashbox uh, TV, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, people still do call me Dana White. Yeah, <laughs> I feel it was Terry. Terry. It was Terry Miller. Yeah, yeah, Terry. Terry Johnny. Yeah, it had a great run. Came on. <laughs> I came onto that uh, podcast from the beginning, and for many years was a, a regular. Was every Tuesday night, and you know these days it's. It, I just can't do it, but. As for commentary, I'd love to get back uh, back out there, mm-hmm. but it's just not it's not really in the cards right now for various reasons, and one of which 
I'm, I stretch myself pretty thin. It's hard to do things to the level that you want to if you're doing too many of them. Amen. And I think a lot of us here in this room and here out listening can can relate. And unfortunately for me, the commentary was one of those things. Last year, I was talking about coming back on the Silver Series, which I, I did uh, in year one. Yeah, I've got, I've got a family, a job. Uh, personal life. You got to pick your battles. Mental yeah. health to take care of. Like, sure. There's, there's too many I mean, things. I think to put a wrap on it, one could say you're really up there walking on a tightrope. Hey! Hey! And that's a wrap on tonight's mailbag. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you, listeners. We love when you guys submit your mailbag questions. It always makes the, the conversation a little more interesting. Uh, and we'd love to hear what you guys are wondering about. Uh, I was talking about this in the pre-show. I think it would be really cool if people started to send their mailback questions in as voice recordings. If you send us your question for the mailbag as in, to the email, mailbag at unstablediscourse.com, as a voice recording, we'll see what we can do with that. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. Your phones, it's really Ryan's. Your phones have that function. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can do that from your phone. Send it to me. Don't be scared now. <laughs> Don't get scared. This is it. Kevin McAllister. Mm-hmm. The year was 1991. <laughs> the year, it was. Home Alone came out in 91. You think I didn't know that? Nice. Come on, dog. <laughs> did, I, did you know I was in first grade in 91? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. But on that note, uh, I was born in 79 and graduated in 97 high school. And I thought that was the case for everybody, that the year you graduated it was, was a just a flip-flop of the year you were born. And then, then it hit me one day that, no, I'm an idiot. It's just something that just happened to me. Yeah. Does that happen a lot? That I think I'm an idiot? Twice a day. Dane, let me tell you, that is a topic for a different episode. After show. Yeah. That is a wrap on this episode, guys. Dana, thanks so much for being here, especially on your birthday of all days. Like, to make time for us, so cool. I'm glad we got to revisit this again. Listeners, Mm -hmm. check back season one, episode eight. The bearded one is another great episode. We did sound a little different back then. We were still figuring things out, but it's Mm -hmm. still one of my favorite episodes from season one. Uh, thanks again for being here. Hope you had a good time. Totally. My my pleasure, and I, I look forward to maybe coming back in a, a season or two, whenever you guys will have me. Season seven at right. this pace. At this yep. pace, mm-hmm. right. And I think on that note, even though we loved having him here, I have to say, suck it, Terry Miller. He is on our podcast, and <laughs> not yours. <laughs> Later, nerd. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, listeners. We, uh, we appreciate you guys. We'll be back with another episode in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Until then, keep it on the fairway. See ya. So long. Good night. Peace. Unstable Discourse is produced by Sheila Callahan. Edited by Ryan Fancher. Beats provided by Alex Seminary. And produced in association with Unstable Disc Golf Gear. Look good. Feel good, play good. Unstable Discourse is a Top Secret Studios production, baby. Don't smell your hands when you take them off.